Hey, hey, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolUnderTalk.com. Uh, Ali, great to be with you, sir. Great to be with you as well. I can't believe it's Wednesday already. I mean, the time it's is flying. Fine. Like, can, can you imagine it is almost August? Like, just crazy. It, yeah, it's going by quick, very quick. Yeah, I know. And especially that we are kind of in this whole quarantine, shutdown, quiet mode, you know, it's still those days move fast for me. Like, I'm even like when I'm home or when we were doing nothing, just doing Zoom classes. I mean, it seemed like the week would start and it'd be, be over in, in a flash. So it's a wild kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it just, uh, the mornings turn into the afternoons, into the nights very quickly. And then yeah. you wake up and I, it, it's not as bad as what it was with regards to when everything was shut down and I just felt like it was Groundhog Day you know, over and right. over again. So at least there's a, right. there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. I know um, my uh, daughter's mom used to always say, you know, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And before you know it, the years it's over again. You know, like it's all it is is just quickly going by like that. And isn't it interesting? I mean, it's just like, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a great movie even for the, the viewers, right? It's, uh, it's called Holy Man with Eddie Murphy. And... Um, He's basically like this vagabond wanderer, holy person, and he gets suckered into doing a, a QVC advertisements because Jeff Goldblum uh, hires him because he's got this natural ability to just get people to think. So um, he's advertising. Uh, he, he actually does a, a lawnmower, and uh, he's in the studio on the set, and they and they uh, start talking about this lawnmower. But Eddie Murphy's character goes, "Come on, come with me," and he takes the crew outside, which is unheard of, and they walk in through the studio. You can walks outside and he kneels down in the grass and he just grabs the grass and he smells the grass and he, he lays down on the grass. He says, he goes, um, if you uh, if you are in your 50s and you're going to live to 80, you're going to have only 30 more seasons that you can enjoy this grass. And you're going to have 30 more Christmases and 30 more birthdays and 30 more anniversaries. He says, it doesn't seem like a lot. 30 is not that much, right? You know, so yeah. he says, you have to take the time to appreciate it. And he says, go get out there and and be with the lawn, and all of a sudden, tick, 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 lawnmower sales are, like, flying through the roof because people are like, okay, I'm going to get back to it. And I actually did did that this year. Like, I used to – I owned a landscape construction company my whole life, and when I opened my school, I ran them both together, and eventually I kind of sold uh, my landscape business. And um, anyway, I haven't done a lawn since. But just this year with the quarantine, I'm like, you know, I, I want to get back to cutting my own lawn. So I bought a, uh, a – uh, electric lawnmower, an electric weed whacker, electric uh, blower, and uh, I started cutting my lawn, and I actually enjoy it. It's like getting out there, that little bit of hour of serenity of just pushing the lawnmower and, you know, smelling the grass and preparing it and making it look nice, better than my landscaper ever did. Uh, you know, my neighbors are going, well, what are you doing? Like, how come your lawn looks so good? I'm like, I'm doing it myself. I'm putting love and care into it, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So, interesting. Yeah. Do, you, do you have to water your lawn? I do, yeah. We have a sprinkler system, though. I mean, I I have a sprinkler system. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the so whole I don't have to have the hose, uh, the hose out, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah, this that, that's something that I you know I used to do that as well. So when I first redid my house, I did it all. Like you know, I laid it out, designed the landscaping, and put this. I, I knew what to do, so I wouldn't have to work extra hard later. So that's why I did it. So um, anyway, so today our call is pretty cool. I mean, we're going to talk about a topic that I think is pretty pretty tough for people, you know, and it's like, you know, how how many people now are burning out, you know, and not only just us, but our students as well. So we can kind of do the both sides of the coin. 
but, um, you know, how about school owners? You know, how do we prevent burnout? And how? And then the other thing is, you know, you can only prevent it so much, but <laughs> how do you overcome it and deal with it when it's set in, right? Like when it really has come down on you, right? So that's a, a good topic to talk about. And we have a few other things, but that's one of them. So uh, what, what's your thoughts? I know we, you and I have one thing. We chat with each other. But, you know, I'll call you up, man. I, I have a question. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed today, you know, and, and – and being that you're my friend, and not only that, you're also a friend that knows my struggles. You're, you're living them. You know, you could always talk to someone who doesn't know, and they'll just give you a cliche answer, but, but you're living it. So you're kind of like, hey, this is what I do. So what, what's some of your thoughts on that? Do you experience burnout? And as an owner, even though that maybe you still have employees helping you run things, you, what, what do you go through? Give us a little insight. Yeah, uh, well, I think first off, having a uh, a friend or multiple friends that you can talk to about this that either a are going through this or or similar uh going through this that are a positive impact in your life meaning that they're not going to say i know yeah it sucks and we should you know uh it's got to be somebody that is going to encourage you um i think that's first and foremost. And then obviously if you have a spouse or a significant other to be able to lean on them a little bit, but sometimes I would say sometimes they don't totally understand it um, unless they're in the business along with you. So uh, right. you got to be careful of that. And and then, you know, I don't like to bring that home personally. I, I just, uh, I try not to talk about it. I, I try not to bring it up. It's just not something that I want to dwell on when I leave here. You, you know what I mean? When right. I'm home, I'd like to be home. I'd like to be home. Yeah, I, right. I, I I still think about it, but I don't verbalize it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it totally yeah. does. And and you're right though. You you kind of we we want to insulate our family sometimes from that stress because they're doing they're dealing with their own kind of stress too, especially during this whole COVID thing. I mean, everyone's dealing with stress a different way. Um, but uh, so you know, us as the big protectors, we want to kind of isolate them or insulate them from this type of thing. So uh, yeah, I, I understand that 100%. Yeah, and I, I would say you know the next piece is if you have a you know a good staff or team around you, you can share you know some things. Obviously, there's other stuff that you know you you just don't share. It's not that uh, care or you don't care. Uh, there's just things that it's not, I don't even know how to word it, but, uh, it's not, it wouldn't behoove you to share those things with them. Yeah. But on the things that you can, you know, like Mr. Bean, I, I will, he probably knows, you know, close to 90% of what's happening here. Right. Right. And so I'm, there's a lot that I'm able to, uh, talk with him about, um, that, you know, maybe another, obviously, uh, some other instructors I, I wouldn't share that with just because right. of the, it's nothing bad. It's nothing, uh, quote, unquote, confidential. Um, but, you know, he, he helps me run the school. And so there's things that he has to know, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, no, I understand 100%. And I would equate it to, like, say, say like the captain of a ship and then his first mate, right? You're going to say, you know what, there's some there's a leak in the hull, um, you know, we have to get this fixed, right? But you don't want to say we're sinking to the guys because everyone's jumping ship. You know, we got to make sure everyone is banding behind us, but we don't want to let them know. And by the way, this is a big issue with school owners. 
Like, I, I know that they don't, and that's why I, I stress, and I reach out to my friends all the time. I just don't understand some of them. Like, I have a good buddy who's going through a very difficult time, um, divorce and the whole nine yards, and, and I sometimes worry about him, you know, and I, and, and I always reach out and say, listen, I'm here for you. If you need someone to talk to, come and talk to me. But I constantly see him, you know, speaking about his feelings on his school page. And he gets a lot of response, which is great. The, the students care about him a lot. And, and listen, maybe I'm, maybe that's a bad thing that I don't do that because then they don't see me as a human. You know, it dehumanizes me by being the stoic kind of leader. But, um, but I see the constant, you know, bickering and complaining and, and, and stuff about his personal life. And I think that it, it brings his level of, uh, you know, um, the way people look at him, reverence, down. Um, because yeah. uh, it looks like he's not in control. And I don't think people want to follow, get on a ship with that captain who thinks like, hey, listen, I've never done this before. And we're going into the biggest storm of our lives. You know, uh, come along. We'll see how it goes. You know, that kind of thing. Well, there's a concept that Grandmaster Hafner, Keith Hafner, uh, taught, and it's it, it's a beautiful concept, but uh, it's called managed disclosure. Right. And and the concept behind that is you have to manage the information that you give out. You don't yeah. give out all information to everybody. Uh, again, right. it's not that you don't treat them equal. But there's right. just certain things that you shouldn't share. And, and right. this was, I learned this concept well before, uh, social media was a big deal. Yeah. You know, but I'm sure managed disclosure on social media, he would have said the same thing. You know, yeah. you don't hear your dirty laundry out on that, you know? No, I, I mean, I've seen the worst of the worst. Like, I had a client, he was from, from London, and I remember going on his Facebook page, and I guess his wife had cheated on him. And he's like, you dirty slut, and you're this and that. And I'm like, dude, remove that immediately from your school page. They People should not, not the public shouldn't even know this, but if you're trying to, you know, uh, degrade that person in public, you're doing a good job, but you're also showing the people in your school that you have no control over your personal life. And then how you're reacting to it shows that you have no control because you're not that person who's calculating the thoughts to be able to figure out how to do this and, and overcome it. So how are you going to teach others to do that? So I think that that's bad. So I, I think we have to be really careful. So back so back to um, I, burnout. I, well, I was right, going right. to add that to the burnout is um, – you know, part of, I think part of the reason why we um, we experience burnout is that we allow ourselves to go down that path to, um, you know, complain and complain and complain and not manage the disclosure. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden just throw up on social media as, as if it's an open diary. Uh, yeah. and, and that's a huge problem because now – then what you're doing is you're, you're just you're creating more havoc for yourself, more cleanup. Right. You know, you thought you were burned out, burned out before you put all that crap on there. Now you're really right. going to be, you know, uh, fighting more fires than you needed to, you know, or cleaning up more, more messes than you need to be cleaning up. So I think they do tie hand in hand. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah. Listen, the what any self-help book will probably tell you, like the more you complain, the more you're digging in to that feeling, right? You know, so you want to try to change your state. And Tony Robbins talks about that. And even when I did the fire walk with him, you know, you have to learn how to change your state in the snap of a finger, right? You can't, you can't 
walk away from it without changing that state. So this is what happens. People get in this perpetual complaining thing. Um, I just, uh, one of my business partners is on here with the uh, Elite Insights. It's Erica. She just wrote, I've been saying this for years, that social media is a time bomb for most people because they put their entire lives online. And that's true. And Erica and I just had a debate. There was a group um, in my area that a lady was venting her frustrations about people blowing off fireworks. They've been blowing them off up until a few days ago, like her next-door neighbor. And her dogs and cats are like, you know, have PTSD from it. And Erica wrote something. I wrote something just nicely, like have some compassion for others. And, and uh, Facebook people are like they, they, they're so removed from personal contact. They don't think that there's a human on the other end. So, and there's a new term out there. I don't know if you heard it, but people are like saying, oh, they're just another Karen, you know, and they're like, you know, which I looked it up oh, as far you. as the, uh, you know, the definition of it is like a, a, a white woman uh, who's got a bob haircut, who's like a soccer mom, who feels it like she's entitled. And, you know, and I'm like, everybody's got to just put people down. You can't just have a feeling and, and reach out to society to try to help you. Because if you do that, people are going to cut you down and, you know, shoot uh you know, at you and throw arrows. And it's just a sad state that we're in. So, again, when you're doing that on social media and you're venting your frustrations about your personal life, there's a portion of your clientele that's probably going like, wow, this guy's a mess. Do I want to – that person's a mess. Do I want to follow that person? I don't know if I would really want to do that. And, listen, I may be wrong. I might be guessing that's what's happening. But that's my assumption as – and I've got a lot of times no, I want to – we're looked at – we're looked at as leaders, um, whether you, you know, I, you mean all of us as school owners, whether we want to admit it or not, we are looked at as leaders. And so it is important for us to, to, uh, to check what we're saying and how we're acting and what we're posting, right. uh, who, right. who we're telling what to. Um, you know, it's, it's so important, not that we have some sort of secret business that, that, that can't be told to everybody, but there's just stuff that doesn't need to be said. Right. No, and you know? I agree. And, so, and by the way, like, and you, you gotta, you gotta be careful too, because, um, you know, that word spreads too. So like, let's say pretend a new parent who was re- even recommended by an existing student goes on your Facebook to check you out. And all you're doing is venting. They're going to say, I don't want to be around that negativity. Right. So, we have to learn to control our emotions. I think that that's a big, very, very big thing. So, um, but anyway, in regards to burnout, do you have any little tricks that you um, that you use when you burn out? Do you have any like go-to things to pull yourself out? I remember my daughter was a little baby. She's like two years old. She'd always pretend to fall, and then she'd be on the ground pretending to get up, and she'd go, "I'm stuck in the mud." She had this really scratchy voice when she was little. And um, I have videos of it. It's the cutest thing. I should put it on one day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, that that's how people feel. Like, I always used to laugh because, you know, I sometimes go, I, I feel that way right now. I'm stuck in the mud. So, uh, you know, what what do we do when we're stuck in the mud? How do we pull ourselves out? What what are some quick tips that you, you have? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you, you know, I talk to you or I talk to a few other friends. Um, but you know, for, for me, uh, you know, I, obviously I, 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 I fall heavily on my, my faith. And, um, you know, the thing about that is like, I can remember specifically in the middle of quarantine when there was a time that I was totally just freaking out. Right. I just went to, uh, the Lord's prayer 
and you know it talks about you know uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be right. done on earth. Okay, so but then what I did was I read that again, and then I I wrote it down and I put it in like first person present tense as if I was saying it. So you know I just said you know my Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Right. I want it to come on earth as it is in heaven. Like I, I put other things as if it was like the Amplified Bible, you know. I, right. I put other things alongside that, and and just, just doing that um, gave me a peace where I was taking yeah. that scripture and making it first person present tense. Or I would go yeah. to the Psalms, and there'd be certain Psalms that I would read um, just because uh, it, it it would speak to me at the moment of, you know, how how God really does have this in in control even though it isn't in control yeah. if that makes sense or it right. seems like things aren't in control so totally does i i think that mantras you know uh prayers all of those things are very powerful and and i know that you well look cool um, yeah but but look you. even even uh you know again i'm not trying to bring scripture into it because science has already proved this too but uh because uh, in scripture talks about life and death is in the tongue you know, what you speak is so important. And we know right. that through psychology that, you know, affirmations are important. Your language, the, the speech that you uh, talk inside of your head, the speech that comes out of your mouth, all of yeah. those things are correlating to the, the help you develop the world that's around you and how you, right. how you react or respond to it. And so yeah. I think feeding yourself with good uh, clean, clear, positive, those type of things are going to help you when you're burnt out. The other thing I think that is very helpful um, is actually taking time off and right. shutting things down, you know, turning off your, turning off your device yeah. or devices. You know, I will yeah. tell you, um, one of our sponsors, let's just bring it up now, is Spark. Yeah. Right, okay. Spark is, you know, it, it says it on the website. It is the best darn software, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and I I truly truly believe that it is. And one of the one of the things I like best about Spark is the ability to be able to message, uh, text message through there or or message through the app. So people through this whole quarantine thing we're able to contact me and I usually use the iPad uh, when I'm doing it. Right. But, but, you know, just because it's easier to type or I can speak into it and, and rather than type on a horrible typer. So anyways, all that to say, I would have people on the weekends messaging me um, and obviously, you know, hoping that I would message back. Well, I had to come up with a plan and then I had to let everybody know that, Look, Monday through Friday, we will respond to your push notifications or your text messages and emails. Right. Come Saturday and Sunday, we will not respond to them, so we won't get back to them till about one o'clock on Monday. And then right. I took that and I <clears throat> I put that into my welcome series for my new students, the people that I'm signing up now. Yeah. So that they understand that there is a, a structure. You certainly can message me over the weekend. If you're thinking about it, you need to message it because it's just going to sit there. But don't expect a response. 
in you know in a in a matter of a second because if it's after hours, uh, yeah. you know. And then I also let them know that this is not my phone number. This is the studio text line. And you know, um, when I'm home, I'm home with my family, just like you guys are. Um, but when I'm at the studio, I'm yours. Yeah, I actually. Um... I, I share my even on my voicemail at my school. It says, "Hey, we haven't been running full classes, so we're not here often to answer the phone. Please, if you need to talk to me, email me at this and call me on my cell." So my cell is constantly running. But you know what? Um, I believe it, and, and I I know how you are, Dwayne, because I I've reached out sometimes, and I have I go, oh, he'll get back to me in a few hours. You know, I don't expect a quick response. Um, you know, because uh, I know your schedule is very segregated and you do that a certain way, and I envy you for that. I mean, I'm constantly on the phone. People are texting me up until 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm always sitting on the couch with my phone answering people's. Well, you know, I, I had a mom the other day saying, hey, I want to bring my kids to camp tomorrow, and I want to sign them up for the whole summer camp in August. You know, I'm like, okay, here's what you do, blah, blah, blah. The next morning I woke up to a $3,200 charge. So I, I don't mind taking that time. But um, I do agree with you, though. It's important to make sure that you take that time off and you have to shut down. And I think that's a big issue. And, and we'll talk about this because this is another thing that we wanted to jump into, and maybe we could do a little bit more on the burnout and then jump into this conversation. But I think people have gotten so used to not coming to classes and being in Zoom and walking from their bedroom to their living room or not having to travel yes. in rush hour or, um, you know, just – not losing, just totally losing interest because they've been sedentary sitting around on, on their gaming systems. And now yeah. it's going to affect us because we have to shake them out of their, their, their you know, laziness. Well, the, the attention span of the kids are is horrible. I taught my morning class here on uh, Friday morning, and uh, uh, the, 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 it, was, it was ridiculous, uh, the attention span. It, it just, it, right. it was crazy. Um and well, you you actually let, let's just preference let me let me preference that so so we talked to each other and we were chatting I don't know if I called you or you called me and you're like Allie I called you are you are you finding like people are like they're brain dead and they don't like you know they can't get it like and and I was like oh my god dude I've I've experienced the same thing so tell the listeners about that where we're we're getting people back like I have had kids that have trained in one location their entire life right like not their life but two three years they've been going to the same location they took off for four months because of COVID but we're doing Zoom and then they come back in they forgot where to put their shoes where to bow like where are the bathrooms I'm like in four months like if you were on a desert island for four months where you forget your entire family and everything that you've ever done would you come back to society and not know what to do like it's four months not 14 years you haven't been like a feral you know kid in the woods with wolves like you just literally have not come to the school um and people are forgotten so so what is your experience we were talking about that and how people are acting and what they're doing yeah and and i i the experience is the fact that they can't they can't stay on task at all right um the other thing is i was talking to I, uh, and we interviewed her on, on our podcast a few years ago, one of the moms that we interviewed. And uh, I, I asked, I said something to her about, man, uh, these kids are just not focusing. And she said, well, she goes, I liken it. To, she goes, this is really not for us because she homeschools. She's got nine kids and, and seven yeah. of them are in my program. And so nothing's really changed for them except now they actually get to get out, you know. Right. And so um, – 
she said, you know, nothing's really changed for us, but you got to understand that these parents who had their kids in school then had to switch and homeschool, you know, uh, right. and, and these kids have been cooped up. And all. She goes, they're, it's almost like P- PTSD for these kids. Right. Where, yeah, they don't know how to act anymore. They don't know how, what's normal anymore. They're scared, and, and yet they don't know that they're fearful because they don't yeah, know how well, to articulate it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know any better. Like, you know, I, I read a really great meme, and it says, yes, we should thank the frontline workers and the police officers and the nurses, but you really should be focused on the children. I mean, these are kids that have literally been taken out of everything that they've ever done and, and been used to and then plopped into, hey, wear this mask. You're not allowed to go out. Um, you can't see your friends, and all you got to do is sit at home in front of a computer. And, you know, the funny thing is, too, I find a lot that the, the parents were really happy with our Zoom classes, but I could also see that they just needed a mental break because they weren't used to being with their kids all day long, and also they, they were using us as a babysitter. And they, they weren't yeah. even preparing 10 minutes ahead of time. I see the Zoom class would be going, and I see the kid walking into the room in his shorts, and the mom is just throwing his top on. Like, I'm going, man, you got to take a little bit of time to prepare your child beforehand. Do, do the same routine, get dressed, get in their belt, be ready, waiting to go. I go, you're not doing a service for them by just rushing them in, throwing them on the Zoom and saying, follow Sensei. You know, it, it was just a bad idea. So I try to I try to tell people, listen, I, and I notice, like, we have a specific T-shirt they wear. I go, they don't have the Doja T-shirt on. You need to have a full uniform. And some parents would just ignore me. I see it all the time, and I'm like, I'm not going to allow you to do class unless you're fully prepared, that kind of thing. So, yeah, well, I have thought, too, that, yeah, um, see, that's part of the burnout, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to teach the same curriculum or the same amount of requirements uh, in the same amount of time with kids that, uh, you know, if they can retain half or three-quarters of the information, you know, so – what we've done is, you know, we're, 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 we're teaching everything, but we're requiring less. Um, right. So, you know, I know some people might, might say that they're dumbing it down or whatever, but my hope is that if they decide to stick with me, I will catch them up by the time they get ready right. for their black belt. You know what I mean? Because I'm in it for the long yeah. haul. Uh, yeah. So right now, they may not look as sharp as they should look. They may not punch as... The motivation may not be there. I just need them to start to, you know, to melt into the program because they're cold as ice right now. And and, and until they start melting into the program, I, I can't make them melt. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think it's interesting. Erica is on here. And Erica, by the way, was one of my first black belts that ever trained with me. Um, and she wrote a few things, which I thought were interesting in regards to the burnout. She wrote, as a business owner, I found that that I tend to get burned out every seven years. And you and I have had discussions about my dojo being like a forest. Every seven years, it kind of burns down and recycles, and and we get new students. And by the way, this might be a motivational thing for everyone, and now that I'm saying it, too, it will help motivate myself because I just had an epiphany just now. Um, But uh, so the cycles of seven years. Your just changed? Yeah, did you did you see me laugh yesterday when we were on the phone with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so um, so uh, so yeah, so the school kind of like all your main people that have never left that are there with you through thick and thin. They do everything you do. All of a sudden, they disappear, and then seven years later, you have a whole entire new group of people. And I've gone through this because it's been almost thirty years that I've gone to school. You know, probably four good cycles. So Erica said that uh, you know, about every seven years, she starts to get burned out. Um, so she tries to do a, a, 
sort of reinvention and go in a new direction. But as a martial arts school owner, you can't just switch to a new business, so you have to find new ways to reinvigorate your school and bring in something completely new. I think that's pretty insightful um, so that people should really take that take that to a heart. What do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of what I talked to you uh, this morning about prior to yeah. us, you know, getting on the air is I'm really seriously looking at having having some sort of elite program that um, it would be rather than a four-year, two-year black belt program, it would be a two-year, two-year black belt program. The price would be doubled, um, but but you would actually get more information. Like I would teach you more in that elite program um right. and and i'm looking at because my back room is not being used at all yeah yeah you know uh i mean it is today for camp but other than that right uh you know so it's not being used at all so it's sitting there and i'm paying rent on a room that i'm not making any money on yeah but i don't want to pull from my existing money it's not like i want to take the the students that i have and pull them into this program i think i want to somehow come up with a campaign to bring in you know uh, 10, 10 new students this month, uh, you know, or whatever it is, uh, starting September, you know, and, and those right. 10 would stay with me for the, the uh, September, October, November, that testing cycle. And then come December, the next 10 would come. And so I'm looking at, you know, if I can get uh, 50 people in that program over the next 10, or excuse me, over the next two years, you know, I'm, I'm gonna. That's gonna be close to eighteen thousand uh, dollars. Right. That is that 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 those fifty people are generating. Not to mention that's right. not including any of any extra things that they buy: t-shirts, yeah. weapons, gear, yada yada yada. I mean, that's gonna yeah. be that'll be on top. So that should probably then push me to be close to a, I would say, a twenty thousand uh, dollar month just from that right. program. If that makes sense. Right. And well, awesome. it would relieve a whole bunch of stress where, you know, they'll sign, they'll sign a, a, a commitment, right? They're going to sign a contract. And you know right. me, I don't do contracts. They'll sign yeah. a contract that, that, you know, they're going to train until they get X. And right. I'm going to hold them to that contract, you know, and then, heck, I might even say, if you want to pay me in full, I'll give you a discount. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, I like I like the idea. I mean, it goes with a model that I'm hearing um, about, you know, many school owners reevaluating their their price structures and how their program runs. And a, a lot of people are also saying, hey, listen, I used to, and for me, my school was, I, I literally had like 60 classes a week, right? You know, so we had four or five at night. We had each kid's level broken down into beginner, intermediate, and advanced, and each youth level, each adult level, different classes for everyone. So um, going back now from that, I'm looking at my schedule going, I don't want to teach 16 classes a week, and I like kind of how I'm doing it now. So we're going to kind of come back with a different schedule with less so that we have less stress. And, and I think people will be just as happy. And, and as enrollment grows, if we're packing out classes and we can't, um, you know, can't fit them anymore, we'll add some classes in. So I think sometimes we, we build ourselves this big monster, right? And we have this huge clunky kind of thing. And um, there are guys out there that are doing, you know, three or four days a week and, and they're charging premium dollars and, and they're, and they're you know, they're kind of like a part-time, what we would consider a part-time.
full-time operation, making as much as you and I are doing full-time. So you just have to see that and reevaluate, and I think that's important. But one of our topics, I don't want to, I don't want to jump to it next. Do you want to add to this at all, and then we'll jump into the next? No, I just, I was going to just quickly say, you know, that kind of goes along with what Erica was talking about, the fact that you've got to reinvent yourself. You've got to do something else, or you've got to add something to it that, that reignites this, uh, I'm going to say it, reignites this spark in you. Right. Uh, you know, right, not right. to talk about our software again, but it reignites that spark in you. Even if, even if I don't do it, it's exciting to think about. It's exciting yeah. to talk yeah. about. It's motivating to build. Um, I've always been kind of a builder where I, I, I like to create and build. Um, yeah. and, and that's my strong suit. Um, and so that's what helps me get out of those, those ruts when I just got to come up with a new program or I got to come up with a new, new angle or whatever. That, that's what yeah. helps to motivate me. And, and, and by the way, I, I think I want that to be, you know, probably you got to be at least nine or ten, uh, right? At least nine or ten years old to do the program, you know, maybe even uh, eleven get, or twelve. They would like get I, their black belt with they would get their black belt within like two to three years, right? So you'd be kind of you you make sure that they're at a certain, you know, they're not six joining that program. We're going to get their black belt at eight or whatever whatever your criteria is. So that's okay. I mean, as long as you set those standards, then you're all set. Right. Can, but can you imagine, this is probably like back in the day when you first started, where, you you know, because you were a hardcore, hardcore teacher, you know, and then you yeah. even said this on the podcast, the reason you wanted the studio is because you wanted people to, to, to work out with. I mean, that's basically right. what it was. Yeah, and yeah, so absolutely. that would be, that's what, be, that's what this would kind of be. You know, I'm not going to necessarily work out with them all the time, but that's kind of what yeah. this is going to be, where it's going to be, look, this is... Yeah. This is the elite. This is the military uh, part of our di- uh, division of, of TriStar Martial Arts Academy. Yeah. You know, this is the yeah, TriStar Fight that. Club. <laughs> I like that. And, and you know what? That's and, and you know what? There kind of has to almost be that, right? So um, let's just stay on this topic for two seconds because you brought up the old school, hardcore fight club kind of mentality. Only a small portion of the students are going to want to dig in that deep. They're going to they're not not a good percentage of our people are going to want to go through what I went through when I when I was younger and I trained, you know, coming home with welts and black and blues and and you know fractures and all sorts of crazy stuff and and saying, my mom would say to me, what are you doing? And I go, oh, isn't it cool? I broke my nose today. Like you know, I know I'm a little demented, um, but there's a certain group of us out there that were like that where we knew that in order to reach a certain skill level. We had to put ourselves through the blood, sweat, and tears and pain. Now everyone wants to conceptually do it. I'll give you a funny story. Um, just my, my good buddy, who's a great martial artist, he sold his schools or he gave his schools to his students, and he moved from Colorado to Virginia. He's a firearms expert, and now all he does, and he built this beautiful, like, a 40-acre shooting range with road obstacle courses and shoot houses and he teaches military personnel that are going back into private sector security. Anyway, so him and I were joking, and I said to him, uh, I said, you know, I've been doing really well. I, I, you know, my shooting is getting much better, and my, my self-defense skills, because I've been watching videos on YouTube, and I, I literally believe, like, I'm almost ready to take, you know, if you need me, send me to Iraq, and, you know, I will go in and do what I got to do, you know. And he, at first, he wasn't sure if I was serious. 
And he's like, you are kidding, right? <laughs> like, of course I'm kidding. You know, but, um, you know, he, he basically, you know, this is what people do. They watch videos. They don't want to go through the pain, the blood, sweat, and tears. So, but there's a certain select group that would. So that would be the cool group where they're into the hardcore. You know, you're going to get in there and bare knuckle fight or whatever the case may be and, and sell that as a program and, and make sure they understand, like, you have to be mentally fit, almost like the Navy SEALs. If you want to ring the bell, you're not getting a refund, but ring the bell and you're out, you know, and you could, you could quit. But um, that kind of thing. So I think it's a great concept, and I think that, you know, there are certain people that will do it and certain people won't. I think, though, more people will probably be interested in really digging in because the society that we live in these days is getting more and more violent. It's scarier and scarier. You know, like people driving their cars yes. and getting attacked and dragged out of their cars. You know, um, people walking with their wives getting beaten over the head with, with uh, skateboards and you know, I saw one guy, thank God he had a gun. He had, like, five people on him, hitting him with a skateboard, saying, we're going to kill you. And he was able to roll over and shoot and defend himself. Um, him and his wife were being beaten to death. So, I mean, I wonder, like, what's going on? But we need to get self-defense and awareness skills back to our martial arts. It's, you know, less of the of the character-driven skills only, more of the physical skills that we were made for, why the martial arts started. Yeah, and, and, and I, let me just end this by saying that, is that is going to be the major piece. I will have um, uh, very, very good character de development information in there, uh, purposeful uh, character development information. Because, like, what I'm imagining is it's it's not an hour class. It's, like, it's an hour and a half class. Yeah. You know? And, you know, like, uh, and, and then so you come two times a week on your off days, you actually, because obviously with, with Spark, I have a university, an online university. There'd be an online university for whatever topic that we're, whatever leadership topic that we're working on that month that they would have to read and do, and there'd be worksheets, and, and like, it would be a school. Like, I'm, I'm talking a school. I have so much self-help uh, and self-development stuff that I've worked on over the years that I would just, right. you know, take that and redevelop it into, you know, that program um, alongside. I mean, there's yeah. so much Zig Ziglar stuff that I have. And, you know, but so I, I'm looking at it as this is going to be the Harvard of martial arts, not only just in our school, but in our county. Like, does that make yeah. sense? And no, you have to I, I think again. that, you have, yeah. yeah. I think that's incredible. Like, you know, uh, we, we, you and I have a good friend who's a former Navy SEAL, and you do coaching with him now. I've coached him for years. Um, very incredible martial artist, an incredible, smart, charismatic business owner. Um, and he, his concept is elite. Everything is elite. You know, he, his program is elite. His students are elite. That's his slogan, be elite. Um, so this is a good time to really start digging into that mentality because you are going to – there's a lot of people that are just reevaluating what they want to do. And, and I have too. I mean, I'm looking at my life. I'm, I'm considering doing certain things to make my life simplified, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, really, really want to make sure that at 55 years old, I mean, I say that now, I never thought in my life I'd ever be 55 years old. Like, you know, when you're young, you, you don't even think that that's a possibility. You just live your life. You're young and you know, I've had people say to me, well, you're old. In fact, um, Gus is on with us, another one of our sponsors from Lead Hunter Media, 
and um, and we were joking. He's 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 learning BJJ and getting better at it. And I, we were joking, and I said something, and, and he said, "You probably kicked my butt because you got that old man strength." And I'm like, "Old oh, man, like what the hell? Like what do you mean by that?" But you know, he's right. I'm double his age. Like when I opened my school for five years, I've been open before he was even born. You know, so like you know that that's there. But I I look at myself and I ask myself, do I want to? Um, be doing this the way I'm doing it in five years when I'm 60. And I have friends that are 70, 75 years old that are still teaching. I swear to God, a few of them are so energetic and motivated and they're out there on the floor with their students. I'm just not sure if that's where I want to be at 75 years old. I, I don't know if I well, want to I don't want to be crawling I, around with three and I don't want to crawl around with three and four year olds, even five and six year olds. Yeah. You know, and there's yeah. some seven, think, seven to 10 year olds I, I, I don't necessarily know that I even now want to teach. Uh, and I know yeah, that yeah. sounds horrible. Um, my, listen, I'm not as old school as you are, but my um, semi old school mentality is like, uh, I, I yeah. can't take this, you know, and I've been really good when I'm teaching them and they're, they're cause they are, they're going through the, like, we're not going to know for many, many years. Yeah what this event in our lives has have, have, have done to those kids. I, I agree. And not just kids, to everyone. Like, there's going to be sure. PTSD forever. Like, you know, you, you have a sniffle. You're going to be, you know, if, let's say the virus goes away and we have it and we have a vaccine, whatever the thing that happens, people have herd immunity, whatever. And uh, But every sniffle you have, you're going to be worried, right? It's like after you had a heart attack or you have heart problems, you know, every pain in your chest. And, and I hear so much about, you know, even myself, I'm a pretty strong-willed, strong-minded person, and, um, you know, I'm a diabetic, and uh, they say diabetics have a higher chance of heart disease and heart risk, and my doctor wanted to put me on all these medicines, and I'm like, I don't need medicines. Just don't give them to me unless you could prove to me that I need them. Anyway, but every pain I have in my chest, I'm like, oh, my God, maybe my doctor was right. Maybe I'm having a heart attack. Like, you know, that kind of, I'm stressed out in the morning. I feel pressure. It's anxiety. I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I'm having a heart attack. You know, that kind of thing. Right. So it's kind of scary. Yeah. So the, the impact is incredible. Like you talked about it the other day when you called me, and you're like, our kids, is, is society, you know, like that movie Idiocracy, where the smartest two people were the dumbest people in the planet, and they, were, they actually were frozen in cryogenics, and then they woke them up later, and now they're the smartest on the planet, um, and they're the presidents now. Um, but, but I swear to you, Dwayne, the other day I sat with a kid and I'm like, we, I'm going to hold a pen, but like we have a grip. Um, I don't know if you can see this, but we have like an overhand underhand grip on our bow staff, right? So one mm -hmm. of the kids is like double hand. We call it a bicycle grip. I'm having a hard time showing it in the camera. Um, yeah, I'm, but I'm saying, no, take, take that hand, this hand and flip it over, like flip it over. Right. And I couldn't get the kid to flip his hand over. I even tapped it with my stick. No, no, that hand. And just put it under, put it under, not over, put it under. And the kid was staring at me, and I swear to you, um, was actually thinking it through in his head, and he couldn't get his hands to move. Like, he, I could see him going, like, like he was trying mentally, but he just couldn't do it physically. And I'm wondering, like, what the heck is going on? Like, again, with the same people who forgot how to put their shoes away, forgot where the bathrooms are, and they train with me for three years. Left or oh, right, you know? Oh, that's the word. That's something that's been plaguing our forever, you know? Like, you got to know your left from your right, but so many people don't. I mean, I have people who don't know how to tell time on a normal clock. 
they could only do digital. I had a, one of my attorneys, he's in his 30s, he still has a hard time with the regular clock. Now, of course, I'm sure he does, but when he was probably in his 20s and he was going to college, he's like, I, yeah, I, I got to learn, you know, like, really, dude, you're going to be a lawyer, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's incredible. I, I don't think it's dyslexia, Erica. Erica wrote dyslexia. I don't think it has anything to do with that because um, it's like it's in mass. Like, people are just so out of it. Yeah, I was yeah, joking and, the other day. So, like, I, I was saying, I was joking the other day. We were doing a backward spin, forward spin on the bow, and and my instructor broke. I broke it down first and showed it like 27 different times from different angles. Stood next to people, and I said, "Practice it." And then I see kids like spinning their bow a different way, putting it over their head, behind their neck, behind. I'm like, "That's not at all what I asked you to do." And then I said to my guy, making a joke out of it, "Wrenchy Ryan, show me something, and I'm going to watch you." So he goes and he explains the move, and then he says, okay, you got it? I said, yes. And he goes, okay, practice. And then I just started throwing the bow in the air, dropping it on the floor. And I'm like, that's what you guys look like because you're not practicing. what You're not making any effort to try to do it the way we're doing. And I hate to be mean, but I don't think there's any other way other than to be hard on them to get them to snap out of that, that they're just that kind of method that they use to just skate through life. I'm tired of it. So that could be in, by the way, that could be in your advanced hardcore program. You know, that kind of like, listen, parents, I, these kids are going to be treated like little soldiers. I'm going to make sure that they work really hard. I'm not going to be kind and easy on everything. I'm not going to coddle them. I'm not going to talk to them in baby talk. I'm not going to show them things 15, 20 times. They're going to have to dig in and really start to suck it right. up and actually do what they I They drop do. their weapon. They're doing, yeah, they drop their weapon. They're yeah. doing 10 push-ups. I mean, just exactly. the whole deal. Exactly. They don't say yes, sir. They're doing 10 push-ups. I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. By the way, we have on here, I don't know if he's still with us, um, is Devin Fernandez. I don't know if you met him, Dwayne, but he's one of my students. He's been with me for 18 years, um, and he actually lost his vision um, uh, after, you know, being sighted his whole life, lost his vision because he had an accident when he was an electrician, and he uh, had something damaged onto his eyes. Later on, he got retinitis pigmentosis where his eyes his body started to attack his eyes as if they were an antibody. And um, anyway, he lost his vision. He's totally blind. So he's the kind of the guy who trained with me in hardcore training, and the martial arts I taught him got him to not fold up in a corner in the fetal position and give up, but he started a program for the blind called the Third Eye Insight. And, um, yeah, he really did really well, and he teaches like 30, 30 different kids and adults who are blind, and they – they do in Dwayne, they shoot archery to the sound of a buzzer and they throw shurikens at targets and they can't see. But of course right, but they can you gotta stand, stand cool. you gotta stand on the right end of that. <laughs> you wanna make sure you're far away. But they're amazing what they could do. They're just incredible. So I, I'm so shocked uh shocked at that. And you know, he's just I wanted to mention him real quick. And so anyway, so what are, what are you seeing now? Let's jump into this because we have like nine minutes left. Um People are lazy. They, they're they like, hey, Mr. Brummett, um, we're okay with this whole Zoom thing. You know, I, I like it where uh, I don't have to drive them to class, you know, that kind of thing. Oh. Um, what what are you doing to kind of motivate and shake them out of their, you know, their comfort? Well, yeah, that's why I started that uh, that challenge. You know, I took that idea from Roland Os- Osborne. Uh, yeah, Roland Osborne. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I took that idea. I almost said Oswald. Um, but anyways, uh, uh, and we started that challenge 
last Friday night. The second challenge happened this uh, this Friday, and we have 77 people that signed up for the challenge. Um, wow. I had 55 people on Fridays. Um, on the replay on Saturday, I want to say I only had like three or four um, that were on it. And then it's right. still up there. So whoever else is, is still turning in their stuff, you know. But anyways, uh, so that's why I, I, I decided to do that. I just didn't, you know, nothing against Roland because uh, his seminars are phenomenal. Like the very first one yeah. he, at the very end for 10 minutes or whatever, he had people from Cirque du Soleil on doing stuff. And, and yeah. they were doing interactive. So that was neat. But um, I don't have that kind of pull. But I wanted, you know, my people to see me. I wanted to be branded as the 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 leader. You, you, you know, you know where I'm going with all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, so, Roland is an awesome guy. If someone's interested, he has an amazing program. Go to Hyper Martial Arts and um, find him there. I know you didn't follow that program for basically timing issues too, because they were doing things on days that you were closed and uh, days that you you know, so you couldn't fit it in according to their schedule. So you kind of took you a rough sketch of what he was doing and, and redid it yourself. And, and you got such great response. That's amazing. Yeah. And so uh, we'll see, you know, what happens th this week to the challenge. I had some people say last week's challenge was easy. And I said, well, what was easy, the techniques or the challenge? And they said, oh, the techniques were easy. I said, yeah, but if you were doing the challenges to the best of your ability, I mean, when you're switching stances and doing low blocks for 20 seconds as fast as you can go, and then you move into switching stances and doing high blocks. So, you know, you're now, now you you know, you're going boom, 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 boom. And like doing right. like the right, correct uh, stance yeah. and stuff, that's a workout, you know. And then you're tallying up those things. And, and so um, that, that, yes, the techniques were easy, but the challenges, if you did all of them in succession like you're supposed to, that's hard. And so uh, this next week is Martial Arts Extreme. So we're doing extreme martial arts. It's the XMA program that I've had for years, but we're doing challenges to those things. Um, so we're teaching moves and then doing challenges. The, the following two weeks, uh, the third week is a bully uh, prevention seminar. The next one is a, a child abduction prevention seminar. Those are going to be, not that this isn't open to the public, but I am uh, getting it, uh, in the newspaper, also on radio stations to talk about uh, this, this free safety event these two free safety events. And then hopefully I'll get more people to flood in and be a part of that. Um, and then the last two seminars is our, our pro. So it's martial arts right. athlete pro where it's pro stand up and then pro ground. Uh, that's when I'm going to have uh, Kenny Bigby uh, 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 teach those seminars because, you know, he, he is my ground coach and he is my, right. uh, he is my stand up coach. So uh, yeah. I just thought it would be nice to bring him on as the pro because yeah i'm i'm the athlete but he is the pro athlete right right so basically what erica said in the beginning is finding that way to reinvent programs and like you mentioned before having that elite program was another concept and idea but you developed this challenge program to get people motivated inject some excitement shake them from the bushes the kids are maybe don't want to come to normal class now they're like i don't want to miss that you know that kind of thing um, so I think that we got prizes cool. and everything. So, yeah, that's great. So one thing that uh, or a few things that I suggest that is uh, important is, number one, you mentioned this last few calls, is take your students and put them into lists. Um, the ones that are actively training in person, 
the ones that are actively training on Zoom or, or live interactive online classes, and the ones that are paying that are not active at all, and the ones who are frozen um, that, are, that said, hey, we're going to freeze until this blows over or we lost our job, and start working those lists. Of course, the active training, active paying people are there. They're good to go. You're just going to keep doing what you're doing. The ones who are on Zoom, they're there. We just got to get them to switch to live classes eventually, right? And then you have the ones that are actively uh, training, maybe not paying. We got to get them to start paying again and work out a time frame to see, like, when they get their job, et cetera, et cetera. Then the ones that are paying and not active, those are the ones that are probably going to quit because they're just being honorable and they're paying out their contract um, or their agreement and helping you. But eventually, if those kids or adults don't train, they're quitting. You're going to lose them. They're going to say, hey, maybe we'll try, you know, competition badminton or something else, you know, like full contact mm -hmm. soccer, um, you know, whatever the newest phase or craze is, right? And then you have to get yeah, a contact course, basket last, weaving. Yeah, exactly, basket weaving. Um, the last thing, of course, obviously, is new enrollments. Like, what are you doing? And through Gus, who's a sponsor of our show, uh, Lead Hunter Media, um, is uh, he's been running Facebook ads for me now, and we're trying all different things. And the last four days, I've been on fire. I woke up to three or four leads this morning alone. Um, I had a trial class for a three-year-old, right? And I, my three-year-old, Cuba four-year-old program was decimated over this whole corona thing. I lost, like, everyone. Yeah. Out of 27 or 28 kids, I lost almost every one of them. I had like four that stuck with it, and three of them I upgraded them to a, a, a older program. Um, so I'm trying to refill that that program. And parents, the ones that are responding, I'm like, you want to do Zoom? No, no, no. We want to go live. We want to bring them there in person. You know, so it's it's a good time to get out there and try to market. And by the way, if you can't do it yourself, certainly reach out to Gus, who's right here with us, Gus Lopez from Lead Hunter Media, because uh, he'll help you and run the ads for you and figure out what works and what doesn't, and he's really an expert right. and, at that. And then you can, yeah, you can reach him at uh, leadhuntermedia.com, or you can even text or uh, email him at uh, 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 leadhuntermedia at gmail.com. Yes, yes. And um, the other thing I wanted to say, too, is, um, you know, we have to reinvent ourselves and, and look at our cycle. As You know, coronavirus might have been the thing that, you know, got this going. And, and, and by the way, um, we were on a phone call with some prominent martial art guy yesterday, you and I, privately, and, um, and he was telling me some of these heavy hitter schools, 10, 12 schools, million-dollar operations, filing bankruptcy, going out of business, so it's not just the little mom and pop guy. In fact, some of the bigger schools are getting hit harder because they had this massive overhead and they had to have hundreds of students or thousands of students to keep the, the ship afloat. So uh, some of the other guys are, you know, able to survive the storm. Um, but I have probably we're up to about like 35 in, that I know of that, that are like real legitimate schools in Long Island that have closed down. So if you've weathered the storm up until now, um, the only way to get your school to survive and grow is to get new blood into the school. So I would start a referral program, motivate your students and parents to refer others. Let them know that times are tight, you know, times are tough, and you need their help. Don't be embarrassed to ask for help. And if they love you and care about you, they're going to go out of their way to tell their friends. And by the way, so many people are searching right now for schools. They really want to get their kids into something and do something. So this is a perfect time to do it. Um, I had something well, else I wanted to say sports, and I, I forgot. I was going to say all, all the fall sports are canceled, you know. So, again, yeah. we're back to quarantine with, with regards to the fact that 
martial arts, dance, gymnastics, we're, and and music lessons. Like we're the only ones that that really are allowed to, yeah. and we can operate, whether it's going to be virtual or or or, or physical. Yeah, we're the only option, really. And so, um, well, by me, a, by uh, me that. They are, they have like my a few of my students are playing baseball and they're doing like five practices a week now they're like crazy into it because like, they got to make up for all the time so we have those sports the outside sports going on um, but uh, you're right though like you know they they're looking for something and why not find we have to get our name out there so people say hey that's a great idea I've been always thinking about putting my kid in or me as an adult getting back into or starting the martial arts. Why don't why don't I do that now? And if your advertising is on point, you're going to get people in for leads and, and get it going. So, any closing thoughts? We hit the ten the one hour mark. So, real quick. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's important for everybody to understand also that uh, this podcast is sponsored by Elite Insights, which just happens to be your uh, your uh, your website uh, company. And you know the importance yes. of having a great website is, uh, gosh. <laughs> is insurmountable. And uh, I don't know why that just did that. Anyways, um, you know, and, and even now today in today's age, there, there, there are people that have their, their uh, little bitty website that they had, you know, 10 years ago, that's not even um, mobile responsive. You know, that's a, that's a huge thing right now because most of the leads, most of the people are on their phone. You know, you've got 80 to 90% of the people that are looking you up via their phone, and if you don't have a mobile responsive website like you guys right. make, uh, you're, you're back in the Stone Ages, and, and they're just yeah, not yeah. going to uh, – they're not going to uh, look at your site and go, eh, I don't think I'm going to yeah. go there. Like, they're just not going uh, to another, follow through. So. Another quick point, though, just to point out to people, people sometimes have other schools, uh, other other website companies doing their website, and cosmetically it follows a format and it looks good, but the SEO is all wrong. In our company, we actually do the SEO for the client included in the price. That's worth hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month um, to do SEO because people, private SEO companies charge a fortune for that. And um, Erica, my partner, and I will look at websites and show that like half the SEO, they're getting like a Google rating of below average because even though the site looks beautiful, the SEO doesn't match any Google standards. So, so but anyway, yeah, so Elite Insights, if you want it, it's uh, EliteInsightsInsights.com. We also have sponsors from Lead Hunter Media and Spark. And we have a few others possibly coming on too now, which is exciting. So, um, yeah, any, did I miss anything on that? No, I think we're good. I just want to remind everybody that you can get the, uh, uh, you know, the past archive of podcasts because uh, this is, uh, uh, what is this? This is 250 right now. This is our 250th podcast. So wow. uh, you can go back and get uh, all those other ones, which is a ton of information. Just go to schoolownertalk.com. Again, that's schoolownertalk.com. Dwayne, you're awesome. Thanks for chatting. I hope everyone had a good time, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. All right. Have a good day, sir.